0: Welcome to Plans Are Booked, a podcast for every reader. I'm Molly Geller.
1: I'm Stephanie Blackburn. And I'm
2: Caitlin Madison. And one day I'll start a podcast episode and I'll say the tagline at the top. <laughs> it's become Molly's like signature. thing. She's like Barbara Walters over here now. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. I love it. Um, So let's get
0: to it. What's everybody been up to? What have you been doing? Well, since the last time we saw each other, I went to a new restaurant. Tell me. It's called Della Posta. It's a pizza restaurant. And I think we've all been together to the space it used to be, which was a restaurant called Cook in Newtonville. Oh, Indeed. Yeah. Okay. So it reopened as this wood-fired pizza spot. Great wine menu. Excellent appetizers. We had the arancini. We had a delicious roasted Brussels sprout dish covered in fresh parm, a four cheese pizza that was superb, like eyes roll into your head, superb. And then a really good tiramisu. Like I was, I would give it like an eight out of 10. Whoa. And it's very
2: close to my house. Super close to your house. And in addition to that, I loved that space. When it was cooked, I wanted it to like be my local haunt kind of thing like I wanted to be a regular there it just has that vibe Um,
0: so that's really good to know and I feel like they maintained the vibe they actually didn't change the floor plan at all so if you were used to that and you loved it how it was when it was cooked it feels that way still just with a different menu how are the prices I'm embarrassed to tell you that I didn't look
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because there's a restaurant across the street that I will not name that I think is overpriced.
0: I would agree with you.
2: Yeah. So I'm. I'd just be curious to know. I'll look up the menu later.
0: I believe the pizzas were between twenty to twenty six dollars, depending on how much meat was on them. And we split one. Got three hearty slices each, and I think I think ours was between twenty and twenty four because it was just cheese. Okay, that's good. That's real good for that neighborhood. And great service. You know, I think you're paying for the atmosphere a little bit, but I thought it was worth it and definitely better than the pizzas at the place that shall not be named across the street. Cool. Very cool. Anything else going on? No, that's my big update. Delicious pizza.
2: Love
1: it. Love that for you. Steph? I looked at three houses yesterday. We did not put offers on any of them. Um, one of them was such a hole.
2: Like I was like, I hope Steph didn't touch anything there
1: <laughs> and that her shots are up to date. Oh, like that's how bad it was. You've seen that I've stepped in much scarier houses before.
2: <sighs> Maybe not recently. Well, I just felt
1: very aghast. The first one had it's on a slab, which we've never done a slab foundation and the floor was like a wave. It was, it was just, it would have been too much. Um, And the second one was completely gutted already. The guy who was selling it ran out of money. Um, He was there. It would be a blank canvas, but it would be so much work. Um, So we just didn't even entertain that. And then the third one, I don't even remember what the third one was. I think your third stop
0: was in Chelmsford, right?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Someone's living in that house. It reminded me of my grandparents' old house. Um, I would have loved to renovate it, but at the price it's at, our turnaround would not be worth it. So we're
2: still looking. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph and I went and saw Killers of the Flower Moon over the weekend, and we haven't really discussed... Our yes. opinions, actually, and that oh, was no, not intentional, and we didn't um do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Well, okay. let me ask first, did you read the book? I did not okay, I did. That might make a difference.
1: I would say that I feel like everyone needs to watch it because it's historical. um I personally have a lot of white guilt, so like sometimes I like to watch dances with wolves just to like sit in that guilt for a bit um It was so long, but I don't know that you could have cut anything out, you know?
2: I agree that it was long. Um, I saw Oppenheimer in the movie theater, and there weren't any moments where I felt like that was long. And in Killers of the Flower Moon, there were moments where I was like, there's a lot of movie left. Agreed. But that's not a criticism of the movie necessarily it might just be that like I'm not built for that anymore and also Oppenheimer has like a real momentum that builds throughout the movie and you're like anticipating this like big reveal of what they're able to do and what they've been working towards and Killers of the Flower Moon is like you're just waiting for people to get murdered um yep so that's tough um the book the whole parameter of the book is that it's like, this is how the FBI started. And that is very much the opposite of the focus in the film. In the film, they decided not to focus it on Jesse Plumman's character, but to flip it and have it be focused on um, the female lead who loses all of her sisters, Molly.
1: I would say, though, that I feel like they didn't do enough of that like it's basically leo's character's perspective the entire movie like if they were really gonna go all in it should have been her growing up story like we didn't get to see any of her childhood you know i did
2: think it was interesting you only see them being rich off the oil for like a very short amount of time before molly's sisters start disappearing one by one so that was kind of interesting. I will never watch it again, probably. Same. Whereas like a movie like Dances with Wolves, I've seen that a dozen times. Same. But again, I think that there there isn't the momentum. And it's almost like if they did up the FBI angle a little bit, then that would be like, that would gain more momentum maybe. It's also a very quiet movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like there are a lot of long silences and the acting is incredible um it was really well done people should see it but don't expect to be like you know riveted every moment of the film
1: i also think i could have been fine watching it at home because then i could have paused it to take my pee break instead Mm -hmm. of missing whatever i missed good point good point
2: yeah i would say Cinematically, Oppenheimer needed to be seen in the movie theater, but this one maybe didn't um and that's not a dig at the movie. it's just the way that it was set up. Um What else have I had going on? I turned in my report cards parent teacher conferences tomorrow and Friday.
1: You had Halloween students yesterday
2: i dressed it, i dressed it I dressed as a Swifty for the Halloween parade. I was not in the parade, the junior kindergarten to second graders do it. And then second graders and third graders sang a little Halloween song that was adorable. And there was a dance. It was really cute. Parents and families were invited and it screwed up the whole schedule for the day, as well as the behavior for the day. What are you going to do? Um, It had been almost four years since I had been at a school on Halloween because I took a break from teaching Um, and I forgot how mentally exhausting Halloween is. I got to my other job and I was like, I said to my brother, I was like, sorry, I'm pretty much toast. Like the kids were motor mouths. Everybody was high energy. I already went to an assembly. I've already had a costume on half the day. Like I've lived another life already. And now you're getting what's left of me for the rest of the day, (laughs) Um, which isn't like the end of the world because I have a desk job that's not super high energy, but I was just like a lump. It was bad.
0: I think the real important question is, was anyone else dressed as Taylor Swift?
2: Yes. There were many people dressed as Taylor Swift. And I would say her red era, not a lot going on at the moment. Black hat, red lip black sunglasses look was the most popular which made me so happy because that's also my favorite era and i just am shocked that that's what middle school and elementary school girls were clinging to i also had multiple faculty members come up to me and lean in and whisper i'm also a (laughs) swifty and i was like it's okay to say it louder. Like, I, I was like, it's not, it's clearly not a secret. I had a gold sequin jacket on, magenta heart sunglasses, like the lenses were magenta, a red speak now t shirt, like from the tour, um, and face gems that were magenta. And people were whispering to me that they were Swifties. I was like, say it for the people in the back. Um, but you know. So now I know who the Swifties are at school. Um, and one girl came up to me and was like, What's your favorite Vault track from 1989? And I was like, Oh, okay, I see you. Um, which would say, Don't go, in case you're wondering. By led. landslide. <laughs> um, so that was just really fun that people were into it. Cause usually I don't really like costumes. And for me, this wasn't a costume. This was just an extension of my personality. And I owned all of the stuff that i wore so i didn't really feel like i was in a costume and i think that that's why it was tolerable for me because
1: i've hated costumes since i was a child um update for our listeners from the last episode my record did arrive in one piece and had three tiny pieces of quote-unquote confetti in it did you get any black confetti blue Okay, some people got black confetti
2: and people are freaking out that it's some kind of nod to rep coming out as the next mm. um, who's he, what's it Taylor's version, which I feel like we already knew that anyway. And I'm like, <laughs> you're just looking for attention, but whatever. Um, should we get into
0: our books for yeah. this episode? Episode four? Unless there's anything you want to share about what you just finished. Well, I don't want to say
2: too much. I did finish the Britney Spears book in two sittings and I don't want to say a lot because Steph has already read it. Molly's about to read it and I feel like we will deep dive. Yeah, we will definitely deep dive. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely deep dive. I said to Molly, I think that I learned five new things from the memoir and I didn't realize how closely I have been following Britney Spears since I was 13 years old. But I have been, apparently, a lot in pretty impressive detail on my part.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: since I'm the last one to read it, I think I will note as I go the things that are new. Oh, you should. So that we can see if the things that were new were the same for each of us. If I remember to do it later since I finished it last night, I
2: will try to jot down the, Great idea. the five things that I'm pretty sure are new.
0: Great. Yes, let's get into this week's book topic. Our new first, format, new format. Our first compare and contrast.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so we're doing two books, th- three different authors because Christina Lauren's two people. So three different authors, two books that we felt had very similar tropes, and we wanna we wanna talk about it. Okay. Um,
1: please bear with me because. Give me two seconds. Hold on. Talk amongst yourselves.
2: The first book is Every Summer After, which is by Carly Fortune. It's her first book. The second book is called Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren. I'm not sure why I picked up Every Summer After, but I can tell you that Love and Other Words was all over my book talk and people were raving about it and the Goodreads score was out of control. And I was like, I've never even heard of this book. I had never seen the cover before. Um, so, yeah.
1: Which one are you going to give us a spiel? I'll do, I'll do the blurb on Every Summer After by Carly Fortune first. Um, they say you can never go home again. And for Persephone Fraser, ever since she made the biggest mistake of her life a decade ago, that has felt too true. Instead of glittering summers on the lakeshore of her childhood, she spends them in a stylish apartment in the city, going out with friends and keeping everyone a safe distance from her heart. Until she receives a call that sends her racing back to Barry's Bay and into the orbit of Sam Florek, the man she never thought she'd have to live without. For six summers through hazy afternoons on the water and warm summer nights working in her family's restaurant, excuse me, his family's restaurant, and curling up together with books, medical textbooks for him and work in progress horror short stories for her, Percy and Sam had been inseparable. Eventually that friendship turned into something heart- breathtakingly <laughs> Oh, where does my brain go? Breathtakingly more before it fell spectacularly apart. When Percy returns to the lake for Sam's mother's funeral, their connection is as undeniable as it had always been. But until Percy can confront the decisions she made and the years she spent punishing herself for them, she'll never know whether their love might be bigger than the biggest mistakes of their past. Told over the course of six years and one weekend, every summer after is a big, sweeping, nostalgic look at love and the people and choices that mark us forever. Six summers to fall in love, one moment to fall apart, a weekend to get it right.
0: I just love a closing log line, don't you?
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. i'll read the next one stuff i pulled it up (laughs) while you were reading appreciate Um, that okay okay, so love in other words by christina lauren the story of the heart can never be unwritten macy Sorensen is settling into an ambitious if emotionally tepid routine work hard as a new pediatric resident plan her wedding to an older financially secure man keep her head down and heart tucked away but when she runs into elliot petropolis the first and only love of her life the careful bubble she's constructed begins to dissolve. Once upon a time, Elliot was Macy's entire world, growing from her gangly bookish friend into the man who coaxed her heart open again after the loss of her mother, only to break it on the very night he declared his love for her. Told in alternating timelines between then and now, teenage Elliot and Macy grow from friends to much more, spending weekends and lazy summers together in a house outside of San Francisco devouring books sharing favorite words and talking through their growing pains and triumphs as adults they have become strangers to one another until their chance reunion although their memories are obscured by the agony of what happened that night so many years ago Elliot will come to understand the truth behind macy's decade-long silence and will have to overcome the past and himself to revive her faith in the possibility of an all-consuming love Love, loss, friendship, and the betrayals of the past all collide in this first fiction novel from New York Times and number one international best-selling author duo Christina Lauren.
0: (laughs) Also, I love how they package this one as their first quote-unquote fiction book, which is in contrast to all their other books, which are categorized as pure romance. That's actually addressed in the acknowledgments of that book. Oh. Did not know
1: that. No fascinating. Can I say first and foremost that I feel like there have been, maybe it's just the books I've been reading recently, but there have been a handful that I've read over the past year that do what both of these books do, which is the like two timelines flipping back and forth from past to present. And if it was a TV show, I could keep track because there would be some visual cues to tell me which timeline we're in. But I struggle so much. I don't know if it's the way my brain is built. I struggle so much with being like, where the heck am I in this story? Because I, I can't flip back and forth.
2: That is totally not where I thought you were going with that comment <laughs> when you started. I thought you were going to say, I've read a dozen books that have this trope in the past year, and I love every freaking one of them <laughs> because I do. I, I do. love this effing trope. My all-time trope is love triangle give me a love triangle every day, twice on Sunday. My second favorite, I think is this now and then format. I'm so into it. It's probably, I probably need to talk to my therapist about it because I think I know exactly (laughs) the person that this relates to, but I absolutely love it. And I'm not going to lie. I like, hasn't everybody had that daydream of like, what if I bumped into so-and-so at the coffee shop? Like
1: would we rekindle what we had in the past There's that I might have made up in my head? <laughs> literally no one in my past that I would imagine that with. Really? Doors closed, locked, covered over. Even people that were just crushes,
2: though? Like, there isn't anybody that you had a crush on in high school that you didn't actually date that you're like, mm, what if I saw them at a bar?
1: Absolutely not.
2: <sighs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I feel
0: like that's a dig on her high school. No, bit.
1: no, I acted on pretty much every single crush. I was a different person at that age.
0: Wow! I wish you guys could see Caitlin's face right now and how high her eyebrows just raised <laughs> to the sky. The elder of the group is just <laughs> spilling the tea right now. Every single crush I had, I fucking went for it. I. What's am, that like? I am more in the Caitlin camp of. I think I'm the opposite of stuff, and that I would love to run into every former crush <laughs> to be like hey this is what's going on now you missed out goodbye so this actually happened to me over the summer I think
2: I told you about this because you went to high school with this person Steph totally randomly Steph and I didn't know each other when we were mm. teenagers
1: I'm recalling who we're talking about go ahead yes
2: so yeah. I ran into this person at a golf course
1: man I hope he listens to this
2: i'm trying to think if we're friends on any social media should I, I hope he should does I drop a hint Nah, no uh, um sorry. saw this person at a golf course had not seen them since high school which means 20 years at least um he looks exactly the same and i saw him and this is kind of funny because this is completely contrary to what i just said earlier about how <laughs> i want to bump into like whatever <laughs> I saw him and I was like, I had just finished playing a round of golf and I was like sweaty and like I just played 18 holes. I had multiple beers on the court. I was like not in like my freshest whatever. And I had gone out and played golf by myself. Like I played with guys that I had never met before and then I was like coming in and going to my car by myself. So I didn't even have like a girlfriend with me. Like I was sweaty and alone <laughs> and in a parking lot. And, <laughs> and I... Saw him and I was like, mm, no. And I just like was walking and then I heard him say, hey,
0: Caitlin. And I was like, oh God. This is how it always happens. You yeah. see them when you look your worst.
2: Yeah. And, and like it wasn't my worst, but it wasn't my best. And like I had a hat on and I was like, there's no way that he's going to even wreck. Like, recognize me notice me like whatever and he was in the middle of a conversation with another person that we went to high school with and i was like mother so (laughs) we ended up talking for like a half an hour and it was totally fine it was lovely to catch up and like whatever like tell me about the last 20 years of your life and like this person was like a hot hot mess in high school like didn't
1: I feel like if you say anything it just gives away right like I don't
2: even know if he walked at our graduation like it got so bad and like he had some stuff go on in high school that like were out of it was out of his control and um and so just to see him as like an adult that like has kids and a house and like a spouse and I was like this is wild. Um so yeah so the premise of these two books (laughs) (laughs) We we diverge a little bit But the premise of the two books is the now and then And I'm obsessed I love it Now if I'm in a bookstore and I read a blurb And it says that it's a now and then timeline I will almost always buy it And everyone always knows I mean everyone knows they end up together Every single time What's a now and then book where they don't end up together?
1: Couldn't tell you one
2: Right So like it's a guaranteed like fist pump Like
1: daydream come true do you know there, that I gave you two more books that are this timeline? No. Um, funny, you should ask. And what's the other one? Do you remember what the other one's called? Oh, the same author, you mean? Yeah.
0: It's called One More Time with Feeling. You okay. should re-
1: bump those to the
2: top. I, I had the- by Alyssa Sussman. So I brought one of those to work today, but I didn't have a chance to open it. So that is my next one now that I finished Brittany.
0: Um, I will okay. say, in addition to the now and then, um, trope, setup, framework, whatever you want to call it. The thing that I loved about both of these books and is true of the other ones that fit in this genre is the return to your annual summer place. There's something about that where you have, it smells a certain way and your routine every day is a certain way. And there are favorite places that you go for coffee or ice cream or dinner with your parents or the drive-in movie. I think anyone who has had that kind of summer, and here in New England, that's very common, that people go to, let's say, a family's house in New Hampshire or Rhode Island or Cape Cod. The specificity of the ritual is the thing that I think makes it so relatable and why people love these kinds of stories. Because, yes, you get the guaranteed happy ending. That's plus. But it's so relatable, the summertime ritual.
1: Can I tell you that that's why I wrote Summer at 19? Because we sold our family house before high school, so I didn't get to have this teen sort of like other life at the beach. I, I feel like I just was ripped off. From so that now moment. we watch The
2: Summer I Turn Pretty, right? That's how you solve that ache. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so every summer after... It's in Canada. It's a girl with a single parent. No, no, I
1: already screwed it up. (laughs) Did I love another word? She only has one parent. Want me to go? Yeah. Okay. I already (laughs) already duffed it up. Um, I read this July, 2022, but I still remember it. Um, because this one, this was the first one I read of the two and I feel like it just settled in my bones. Um, her, she and her parents buy sort of like a rundown lake house, and next door is a single mom with two boys. And she owns the restaurant on, the yes. now. yeah, yeah. Um, and the younger of the boys is kind of awkward and gangly, and who she becomes, you know, summertime besties with.
0: Also, I want to say that we'll get into Caitlin's thoughts on this character, Sam, and his crush ability, but. If this becomes a movie, I'm positive the person I would have a crush on is Sam's older brother. I just know it
1: for sure.
2: Yeah. I until mean, they're older. Yeah. He's the one. I mean, not to be Belly Conklin about it, but like <laughs> you go after the older one, right? For like a long time. And then, and then you're like, oh, the younger one who's been paying all this attention to me. Like I should have, what an idiot I am. Like I should have gone for him. But, um, love the restaurant aspect in this book because they all end up working at it at some point love the the two boys live there year round yes they're like they're her summer boys but they always live there and then she rolls in and so you have this like measurement of summer being like the yardstick of when they see each other and so they have a lot to catch up on and it's like are we going to feel the same way when we see each other the following summer? And, you know, all that teen angst and, and all that jazz. Um, And then, you you know, I love a trope that brings people back to a hometown, right? So like this book, um, it's not like some like weird re-meet cute, right? It's a something bad happened and everybody needs to come home. And now you're going to see people that you haven't really confronted or dealt with in a really long time. And it's going to feel really familiar and wonderful. And then there's also going to be like a bunch of unsettled stuff that like you're going to have to grapple with. And I just feel like Carly Fortune does such a good job setting the tone and the scene and everybody's likable and, you're rooting for people and you feel sad when you're supposed to feel sad and joyous when you're supposed to feel joy. Like you're really like in it with them. Um, And I thought that this was one of the better romance books I've read in a while.
1: And it was her debut novel. Right. Isn't she like on a
0: good morning Toronto show or something? Isn't that her like other job?
2: I I think she
0: is a media person And I too was really surprised when I found out it was her first book. I think that's actually how I saw it being promoted originally. Goodreads did one of those monthly email newsletters that they do. And there was a category for first-time authors. And she was in there and she was also on the romance list. And I remember thinking like, oh, I've seen that going around. I really want to read that. And by the time I got to the end and to the acknowledgments. she talked about this like Herculean task of writing her first book and that it was so different than the type of things she does as a journalist. And I couldn't believe that it was her first book. I felt like it was so beautifully written. It was so emotional, but not saccharine. It felt so true. And she also talks about, in a surprise to no one, that she did summer in that exact place as a child herself, which I think is why the descriptions feel so sincere because she is talking about a place that's real to her. So she
2: has another book called Meet Me at the Lake, which we all read and enjoyed. And which Megan
1: and Harry supposedly got the rights to, which I don't understand why they didn't get the rights to this book. This book's way better than the second one. Agreed. Okay.
2: So um, Every Summer After came out in 2022. Meet Me at the Lake came out in 2023. We all enjoyed it, but it was a hard follow-up to Every Summer After. And then her third book which we announced on our instagram or at least i think i reposted it her third book comes out in 2024 and it's called this summer will be different so she's like on the elon hildebrand summer romance
1: confession i've never read an elon hildebrand i read me either
2: okay (laughs) so i read listeners I've been going to the Cape my entire life. My parents have owned a house for 26 years on the Cape. They live there half the time. I'm a Cape person. I read my first Elon Hillibrand book this year, and I didn't finish it because it was so bad. It was, I didn't like one single, it was like reading a beachy romance book about the people from succession it was like finding out about the romance lives of the succession people just disgusting generational wealth nantucket garbage people that's that's what it was and she has made such a living on this and she's what does she have 30 40 books something great she's like the danielle Steele of this generation danielle Steele. that's an insult to her because her books are so bad and repetitive i've talked to other people that have read a ton of the books i'm like so what do you like about it because these are all the things that i didn't like and they were like well don't read any of the other ones because they all have you know the guy cheating on his wife the woman that inherits the house and can't afford it anymore the this the that the what so bad read carly fortune instead people this is my advice to you
1: Okay, do you want me to give like just a little gist on love in other words? Yeah, maybe so I don't screw up. Okay, totally fine. Macy is being raised by her father. Her mother has passed, and I'm trying to remember, was it cancer? Yes. I think so. Okay, so um, they decide to buy a house in the woods, which I believe is on a creek, if I'm remembering. It wasn't on a lake, um, and next door is um, I forget how many boys there were in that house. Does anyone remember? Four or five, I think something. And then like another baby on the way. Um, and they spend lots of weekends. It's not just summers. It's sort of like anytime they can get away from the city, they just get away to this cabin in the woods where in the bedroom that she picks has a cute little nook room that she turns into like her own little library. And that's where she and Elliot, great name hang out and just read quietly together and fall in love well she meets
2: elliot because the house has been vacant and he can't handle listening to his brothers and them getting in fights and wrestling all the time and he's super bookish so he's actually hiding from his family in the nook reading and she finds him there talk about the best meet cute of all time (laughs) and they're like what 12 or 13
0: when it starts I also want to say the book gets its title, Love in Other Words, from a game that they play together whenever they're having an emotional moment and they're not quite sure what to say. One person will look at the other person and say, what's your favorite word? And then the person will answer. So that reappears throughout the whole story and starts to make more sense as it goes on.
2: It's like an adorable little thing that they do, like from anxiety and awkwardness um that they continue when they're adults and they meet back up and they meet back up in the traditional daydreamer way that i have where they're in the coffee shop and she's with her friend gossiping and she's like oh my god oh my god don't look up don't look up and her friend's like who is that drop dead gorgeous person and it's elliot from her past he's such a good book boyfriend he's gonna be on he's gonna be on the episode for me. He'll make my list. Dibs on him. <laughs> Molly reminded me that when I told her to read this book, because Molly has read, and I think Steph has too, has read a ton of Christina Lauren books.
1: Not true for me. Oh, oh yeah. not true I think, for you? I
0: think this was um, like number seven or eight for me. And this was my first. It was my first
2: also. And so Molly was like, oh, actually I haven't, like out of all their books, I haven't read that one. Because if people don't know, Christina Lauren is a duo, their best friends, one's Christina, one's Lauren, and then they mashed their names together and decided to write books together, which Molly had to teach me. So I said, have you read this one by them? And she said, no. And apparently I said, well, Elliot, the boy in the book, is a mashup of Seth Cohen from The O.C. and Connell from Normal People. And Molly didn't really need any coaxing to read it anyway, but then I think... Did that
0: help you want to read it a little more? When you said that, I was like, oh my God, those are two of my favorite on-screen love interests. I'm not sure how their powers could combine to become a super boyfriend, but I knew at that point that I had to find out, at least. I think Connell – I didn't read Normal People. I only watched the show when it came to Hulu. But that is one of those – binge shows that just stays with you. Like he is so the dream in so many ways. And Seth Cohen, listen, there just aren't a lot of Jewish boyfriends on TV. (laughs) And so when there are, and they're cute, also not always the case, you just got to go for it. So that to me was like the ultimate combo. And I couldn't wait until you were done so I could read it. I mean, Seth Cohen,
2: hashtag Chris hashtag biggest Death Cab fan of all time. Like, he's just the skateboarding, the pining after summer. He's just so adorable. And Elliot is also adorable. Like, when I was reading the book, I was like, there's no way Elliot doesn't own a sweater vest. (laughs) Like, he definitely has one. And he definitely kept wearing them. And like everybody thinks he's a hipster, but really he's like, I've had this for 20 years. Like,
0: and what I loved about Love in Other Words is that when they have that coffee running and you start to figure out kind of where they are in the present day, they're both in other relationships. So it's not apparent whether or not this can be rekindled. There are a lot of other things happening. And I think that tension and
1: that unknown draws you in further and there's the whole looming he doesn't know why they ended oh that's right Mm -hmm. oh yeah and that's not revealed until the very end
2: so in every summer after it's alluded that something bad happens and you don't find out until like towards the end and in, um in love and other words same thing. Same thing. You know that something bad happened, but also there are- she only knows
1: yeah, what the, it is. The female in both stories is the one who who knows the answer. That's a comparison that I don't think I really thought nope. about <laughs> when we planned this episode.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Yep. Bewildered boys. Apparently that's another trope we like. <laughs> Apparently. I'm okay with it. The boys are kind of bewildered in all these books, honestly. Mm-hmm. They have to really be you know, smacked in the head. Like, this is love, by the way. Are you in? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it has to be really spelled out sometimes. But that's okay,
0: because it's real. I will say that... So, a lot of Christina Lauren's other books are squarely in the romance category. They're a lot saucier on purpose. They're inside of that genre. What I liked about reading this kind of story from them is that it wasn't all about the physical relationship. Most of their other books are. That's most of what the page space is taken up by, is descriptions of these physical relationships. This really was about the childhood love and bond and coming, coming together an in age. all these pivotal moments. And then they get to adulthood, and it's like, oh, God, what now? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, too, because
2: part of the now and then trope is this idea of the coming of age and the first love and all of that. And for me, I tend to like books that kind of like defy genre, like they, or maybe not defy, but they fit into many. So like part of me is like, love in other words and every summer after, like this could go in a young adult section. Mm-hmm, but, but then the other timeline, I'm like, this could very much go in, the regular adult section um which like if i own i mean one day i would like to own my own bookstore but um if i did own a bookstore i would put some if i had four copies i'd put two in each section i think i Mm -hmm. think i'd have them in both places um because i think i think both age groups could actually really like that and maybe benefit from it um there was definitely a bit more sex in every summer after That's that's true That's true. Would you like to see either of these become a movie or a TV show? I would watch both of them over and over
1: again.
0: I do think because you both mentioned the secret that gets revealed in both stories where you wind up finding out how they grew apart. I think that that serves as the moment of tension that always comes 75% of the way through any rom-com where things are going great and then they blow up and fall apart. I think both of these books, you could get the gist without having to read the whole thing. Will there be certain beautiful moments that we love from the books that wouldn't make it in? Of course. But I think the core character arcs could fit even into a movie, not even like a series, just a two to two and a half hour movie really nicely and capture most of it. Mm -hmm. If anybody decides to do that, call us. We have casting
2: ideas. (laughs) We'd be happy to... Supervise the set
1: or write the script.
2: Or, oh, Steph wants to write the script. I don't want to do that, but I'm happy <laughs> to like get people coffee or something. Um, well, I would like people to tell us if they like the pairing format because we've just been in other episodes talking about books that we're currently reading, and then we pick like one book or one author to talk about. And we just found so many similarities between these two books that we couldn't decide which one to talk about. So we said, let's put them both in an episode. So if you like that, please let us know. And also if you like anything from any of the other episodes, please let us know because we're just throwing ideas against the wall and seeing what sticks. And um, this is what we'd like to listen to. So Um, we've been kind of basing it off of that. But if you're like, listen, I really leaned in on this, that, and the other thing, let us know because we would like to create content that people want to listen to and tune into each week.
1: And also if you have book recommendations that you think we need to read, definitely let us know.
0: Or books you think we should compare like this that we did. Um, I feel like it comes up often amongst people who read a high volume of books, the ones that either feel similar or gave you the same kind of feeling or maybe had a similar character. So if something comes to mind um, for two we should compare, let us know that too.
2: This is what I'm reading right now. I finished the Brittany book last night, as I said, and I'm going to start once more with feeling, I think is the one that I have. Okay, Um, They're They're going to love it. Okay. That Molly and Steph gave me. And then I also, um, just finished a long walk to water because I was teaching it. Um, so for, if you have young people in your life, it's a quick book. It's, um, Linda Sue Park is an Asian American author and she interviewed a man named Salva, who's one of the Lost boys from Sudan. And she created this really interesting short novel about, um, this one particular man's journey he gets separated from his family um he ends up in some refugee camps in ethiopia and kenya and then he makes his way to rochester new york and gets adopted and then he ends up going back to sudan to dig wells of water for people in villages that he either passed through or lived in um and so my students just read that so i was like i was reading it like a a couple steps ahead of them so that I could stay fresh on what it is that I was teaching. So I just finished that one. And then I feel like I finished something else, but I can't think of what it was. So I'll have somebody else go.
1: Um, I just finished this afternoon, The Family Game by Catherine Steadman, which had a feel of um, Ready or Not the movie with, oh God, I can't ready or not yeah it's um i don't know i would qualify that as like a comedic horror movie
2: not up my alley
1: (laughs) no No, marissa and i saw it in the theater it was actually fantastic it's about i won't go into detail of that but this this book had that sort of same vibe where it's um i think i mentioned in the, the last episode um this british author ends up getting engaged to this sort of rockefeller type guy and gets to meet his family and this family you learn over the course of like the holiday season is into these like sadistic family games which sort of reveal darkness (laughs) in different people Um, and she also discovers a tape that she thinks she's not sure at first if it's true or not but um, basically says all the women that have been killed by someone in the family so she's trying to sort of uncover if this is real also who did it if so and then also trying to not let on that she knows that this is going on
2: i'm getting verity by colleen hoover vibes
1: from this description there's no sauce in this unfortunately but Verity like, had a lot of sauce. the
2: murdery family stuff huh? yes
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. And oh, sorry. And then I'm going to start probably tonight. um, Blood Sisters by Vanessa Lilly. I saw on Belmont Books, they posted a couple days ago that they had signed copies. So I got up yesterday morning, drove straight there, got the little um, merch packet that came with it. um, And I'm really excited to read it. So it was super cute. Steph was showing me some of the
2: stuff that came with the book because it's autographed, and then like publishers are doing these like, promotional packages and one of them is a little tattoo of i think a bookstore or something that must be in the book and then also a really beautiful beaded bookmark and like all this really cool stuff it was adorable yeah and it's like it's so smart because i think about like if other books had done that how like as a swifty i'm just thinking like how valuable that merch would be now like think Mm. about like all my midnight pickups of Harry Potter books, and mm-hmm. if those had had promotional items in them, how much those would be worth now to people that like weren't even born yet when Harry Potter was
1: coming out at midnight. Well, on the other hand, it got me to purchase a hardcover. I don't purchase hardcovers. Great point.
0: Publishers, hope you're listening. Speaking of hardcovers, I am officially joining the Book Talk movement for the fourth wing. Thanks to <laughs> I'm raising
2: the roof. You can't see it, but I'm doing
0: it. Thanks to Caitlin and Steph, who have already flown through this. I'm now the third and final one of us to start the book. Um, we were debating, actually, when we were all gathered for recording last time on whether or not the gals thought I would be into this. Since I loved the Hunger Games series and the Divergent series, I'm hopeful that this will all give me that same sort of adrenaline feeling. I'm only about 30 pages in. Um, that's what happens when you start right before you go to bed. But there's I'm also sauce. Oh, yeah. Stephanie is claiming there's also some sauce, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, and as Caitlin mentioned earlier, she did pass on to me the Britney Spears memoir. So I may have to take a quick pause from Dragon Land in order to read the Britney book and then resume. Um, one thing I will say about Fourth Wing
2: apart from the fact that there are dragons in it and it's, you know, kind of futuristic and militaristic and other things. um, I kind of, when I was reading it, I kind of felt like it was like seeing what Katniss or Triss would have been like in like a college setting because the heroine is like 20, I think. I think she's supposed Mm -hmm. to be 20 in the book. And so it's also not categorized as young adult. So like all the things that you were like, oh my god! Like they couldn't they like spice that scene up a little bit or do this or like Katniss and Peeta or like well, you know whatever, like they do it in the fourth wing because they can because they're they're still young but they're like actually full adults. I look forward to it.
1: Also, Team Zayden.
2: Yes. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I, Well, I'm not going to say anything else. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know what
0: that means yet. So (laughs) I look forward to figuring out if I agree with you or not. I will come prepared. We will do a deep dive. There's a
2: triangle. Oh, sorry. And And I also
1: pre-ordered the second book, which comes out
2: next week. Is it next week? Yep. I mean, I don't want to peer pressure you to like stay up all night and read (laughs) it, but also I'm not not doing that.
1: Well, didn't we talk about the fact that I read Fourth Wing in like less than 28 hours? So... It'll happen. Banana land. I, there's no way I'm doing this in 28
0: hours. Let me just say that. Um, you don't want to clear your schedule and just like
1: go I wish I it? could.
0: I wish I could. I would love to do that. Um, but I'm looking forward to all the dragon goodness and whatever else I'm about to learn. Um, if you want to keep up with us and all this fun stuff that we're sharing, Caitlin mentioned a couple of things that we've shared to our Instagram. Whenever we see these announcements, we try to share them with you guys. Uh, head over to Instagram, follow us. We are at plans are booked. All one word. We also have a Twitter slash
2: X slash whatever that platform is called now. And that's also at plans are booked. So feel free to look for us over there. Um, and
1: until next time, our plans are booked.